A Dog Named Tongue, a So Powerful Parable by Dana Buck. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. James 3, verse 7 through 8. Surely nothing bad can happen when our tongue chases after gossip. A Dog Named Tongue, a So Powerful Parable by Dana Buck. A horse is mastered and controlled by a single, simple bit. A rudder, modest in its size, can steer a mighty ship. A tiny spark carelessly flown may devastate a forest. One voice that sings a song off key can spoil a merry chorus. Examples of a principle, something none can fully tame, and spelled out very clearly in the Bible, Book of James. But for now, a story beckons, yes, a tale has just begun, about a boy named Ronald Allman and his hound dog, name of Tongue. It seemed that Ron had been with Tongue ever since he could remember, when he got him as a Christmas gift some long-ago December. His name was plainly obvious, more than any name before, because his tongue was pink and lolling and hung halfway to the floor. When Tongue was just a pup, Ron quickly had him fetching sticks, rolling over, playing dead, and lots of other fancy tricks. He could shake, and he could speak, and he could beg, and he could lay, he could hunt, he could seek, or he could sit, and he could stay. Yet no matter how committed to his discipline he clung, Ron soon was to discover he couldn't fully train his tongue. For his dog, born with a nature that unstructured time exposes, spent one sunny afternoon digging up Ron's mother's roses. And as Ron took up a shovel to replace his mother's plants, Tongue wandered to the house and chewed his father's favorite pants. As his father's angry cries through the windows loudly rung, Ron tried to strategize how he could reason with his tongue. So escorting his dog out to the shed for a discussion, Ron patiently explained each bad behavioral concussion. Ron laid it out in spades so Tongue would get it in his head, and the dog seemed to agree with every word that Ronald said. Tongue received obediently all his master's admonition, making sorry, sad dog eyes and softly whining his contrition, till Ron was satisfied that Tongue had finally got the message and had purged the mischievousness from his behavior, every vestige. Well, for many peaceful days, no masticated pants or shoes, all the roses stayed in place, nothing gnawed, uprooted, chewed. So Ron's diligence relaxed. Tongue was different now, assuredly. But in truth, he'd just been lulled into a false sense of security. He learned the facts the hard way about letting down your guard when there arose a great commotion next door in Mrs. Murphy's yard. It was much too nice a day for canine chaos to commence, but it seems Tongues dug a hole and made his way under the fence. And the point of his adventure? Why the piece was trampled flat? It was Tongue's pursuit of gossip, who was Mrs. Murphy's cat. Gossip liked to walk the fence where he teased and where he taunted, till soon it reached a point where gossip saw Tongue really wanted, 
Obsessed now with his quarry and forgetting all his training, the dog began to dig with every haunch and muscle straining. And Gossip, from his perch, saw that he'd overplayed his hand, his tongue dug like a gopher, moving quantities of sand. When Tongue's nose and head emerged, Gossip beat a fast retreat. Just as quick, the dog was under, barking, scrambling to his feet. The chase was wild and epic, circling thrice around the lawn. Then it moved into the flowers, every petal quickly gone. Then up onto the patio these two combatants flew, sending chairs and tables flying, knocking down the barbecue. Gossip ran with all his might. That cat could make a sprinter jealous, and with a leap that had him landing halfway up the garden trellis. His pursuer never flinched, and with his speed both gift and gratis, Tongue then also made a leap and busted right on through the lattice. Their race detached the drain pipe, spilled the trash can, split the screen. It was the craziest pursuit this neighborhood had ever seen. Until finally Gossip slowed. He'd run as far as he was able, and Tongue now had him trapped against the upset picnic table. His triumph was at hand. If Tongue were able, he would holler. He was just about to pounce when someone grabbed him by the collar. For Ron had jumped the fence, had seen this mad adventure's toll, as Mrs. Murphy shouted loudly, Get your tongue under control! Apologizing now, Ron lifts his dog, secures his paws, and promises to help with all the damage he has caused. In the days and weeks that pass, Ron really feels he's found his niche, employing love and discipline, and also one real sturdy leash. He works and trains his dog, but not believing for one minute that he can ever fully conquer the basic nature that's within it. So, in one corner of the yard, Ron has built a sturdy pen. It's his job to see that Tongue will never run amok again. For now, he knows the carnage, all the things that can be wrecked, when carelessly you go your way and leave your tongue unchecked. And what of Mrs. Murphy's cat? Has that feline learned a lesson? Seen the error of his ways, no more divisive moves or messing? If that cat has changed or not, well, believe me, it's a toss-up. And the moral of our story? Don't let your tongue chase after gossip. Is there any organ in the body quite like the tongue? The book of James, chapter 3, verse 9, observes that with it we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. The tongue seems to be emblematic of all the good and the bad that we, as humans, are capable of. As Christians, we may find ourselves somewhat in control over the big sins of the tongue, like swearing, lying, dirty jokes or stories, insults, etc. But often, it's the subtler sins of the tongue that can trip us up. Half-truths, gossip, bragging, put-downs, etc. For as long as we walk this earth, we will need to be on guard against the sins and failings of this small yet mighty part of our bodies. Each day, we need to invite the Lord to be the master of our tongues, especially in those areas that may seem subtle and small, but can wreak havoc on our testimony and on those around us. Let's strive to have our tongues be instruments of encouragement, peace, and blessing. 
God has chosen us to be His messengers. Let's strive to speak in a matter worthy of that calling.